Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome into another News for Jags podcast. I'm Jamal St. here alongside Justin Barney. Justin, Wow. <laughs> Still <laughs> trying to digest what we saw last Saturday night. Mm-hmm. I still don't, you know, watching replays, talking about it, reading things about it. It still does not seem real what we saw last Saturday. No, I mean, that is just a simply incredible game. I mean, Jaguars were down 27 to nothing. 27 to nothing. 27 to nothing. You know, in Jaguars history from 1995, beginning of the team, all the way up until last season, they were 1-116 in games where they fell behind by 17 or more points. This season, they've done it three times. Like, a whole different ball game. I mean, so in the past, people were like, man, the Jaguars have never climbed out of holes like this before. They really haven't. It just yeah. never happened. I mean, and climbing out of a 27-point hole in the playoffs? Three <sighs> times this season. And not even this season. It's been since, like, week eight of this season. Right. You know, it's, it's been <laughs> half the year. it's been unbelievable what they've done in this this half of the season. And, you know, I saw actually something this morning, a replay of a different angle of the sideline where they had Trevor, you know, the, a microphone on Trevor, him kneeling on the sideline. Yeah. And, you know, when the Riley Patterson's 36-yard kick went through to win it, he ran on the field, was euphoric and stuff, and he was hugging Josh Allen. And believe it, believe it. Believe it was what he said. Believe it. So that, I think that really kind of encapsulates what the Jaguars have done this season is the belief you can never count this team out. And, again, 27-0 in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. In the playoffs, playoffs, you come back home, and, again, you're not down 27-0. You're down 27-0 in the most just unfathomable of circumstances. Right. Four first-half interceptions. Ooh. You know, you're thinking, is it C.J. Beathard done in the second <laughs> half? I mean – you lose four turn, lose four picks. You muff a punt, lose a fumble. There, you're minus five in the first half of a football game. Minus five, and that's how you stayed. Minus five the entire the whole game. way, and they just and you back. come back and win that game again. I think we'll talk about this ten years from now. Yep. We'll talk to this, you know, talk to our kids about it. I mean, to me, it <laughs> it it really stands the test of time. I remember that that uh, the Buffalo Bills playoff game against the Oilers. Right. And I remember watching that game, and it's 35-3 to in the third quarter of that game. Frank Reich, again, people know him as a Colts coach, comes back in and leads the biggest comeback in history. And I remember that game so crystal clear, even to this day. Mm-hmm. And that's the biggest comeback in, in NFL history. But again, for Jacksonville to be even be mentioned in a, in a scenario like that, your playoff win, the third biggest comeback in NFL playoff history. Right. And you were feeling pretty good about your pick because yeah, you picked right. the Chargers. I did uh, pick to the win Chargers twenty four seventeen. You know, Jamal and I you know, last week, Friday, I think our podcast was. We're talking about who the big players was. And Jamal went on the record multiple times and said Jamal Agnew is going to house one. Now he did I not did, house one, no. but he had a very good game statistically. Yeah. So again, Jamal's wrong. And <laughs> my guy Zay Jones, he was my pick. Uh, he actually had. Yeah, but you picked game. the wrong team yeah, to win the game. Uh, so a, we'll call it a wash. Yeah, we'll, we'll call, call it a wash. We'll call it a wash. No, it was a huge game, and you know the Jaguars' offense is going to get all the credit for this game. But the Jaguars' defense had a really good night. 
Like, I mean, I went back and was looking at the stat book just trying to see some of the defensive stuff. You know, they only gave up three touchdowns. Only one of those touchdowns came where the Chargers yeah, had to go more than 20 right. yards. Right. I mean, one of them was like a six-yard drive. The other one was like a 16-yard drive. And so you mean to tell me that the Jaguars were just – the defense, only two drives – or two of the three touchdowns they had were just on that sort of field because mm-hmm. Trevor was turning the ball over. Right. Outside of that, the Chargers didn't put anything together. Anything together. They drove down, got in field goal range the one time, and they missed the kick. But outside of that, the defense was lights out. And, I mean, people were giving them grief that late in the season. Oh, their late six season sess was because they weren't playing anybody. They played Josh Dobbs, Davis mm-hmm. Mills, and Zach Wilson, and the other guy with the Jets. Like, <laughs> who were they playing? Well, they played Justin Herbert, and they basically shut him down if Trevor doesn't throw four picks, right. you know? So, this defense is legit. They're on, on a tear right now of being, you know, it should be in the conversation for one of the better units left in the playoffs. I mean, we're in the Elite Eight. And when you start listing the defenses, you can say, oh, well, where does the Jaguars' defense rank, at least of the four teams in the playoffs? And you're like, well, it's the Bills, the Chiefs, the uh, Bengals, and the Jags. If I'm thinking about those defenses, I'm definitely not picking the Chiefs' defense. Right. The Bills' defense has had some injuries. They're pretty good. Cincinnati's defense is pretty good. And the Jaguars' defense is pretty good. So it's between those three. And I'm like, I mean... I can make a solid argument that the Jaguars could be, you know, the number one unit there because all the turnovers they've had, mm-hmm. the bad positions they've been put in for turn or off of some offensive turnovers early in the year that have skewed the stats. Which defense are you picking on the game on the game they're playing this week? I'm picking the Jags defense over yeah. the Chiefs defense every time. Yeah, and you look at that again. Game on the line last week. You, you look at that drive. I think 5:30 left in the game. Chargers get the ball back after that just unbelievable. Touchdown play, and then Trevor Lawrence, the the two point spike. It was just remarkable. I oh, think man, the that whole looked like crowd, out of Space Jam, he's just stretching the, out the ball. <laughs> I think the whole crowd felt that. I mean, when Trevor slammed that ball down, it was euphoric. I mean, that stadium was rocking. And then Jacksonville gets the ball back, and you've got to hold them. You've got to get the ball back. And again, I mean, you still have a little time left, but all the Chargers got to do is put maybe a couple first downs together, and sure. then you're in you're in trouble territory in terms of the clock. So, again, that, that drive for the Jacksonville Jaguars, Roy Robertson-Harris, first down, what's he do? He sacks Justin Herbert, loss of eight yards, and then mm-hmm. you're behind the eight ball there as a charger, second 18. You're trying to get some of the eight yardage back, get to a third and long situation, and you're stopped on fourth and five. Foyer had a great tackle on third down to stop, uh, to stop that, to, the drive to make them punt that away. Right. And all of a sudden, you know, Foyer in the locker room afterwards, we're, asking, we're talking to him. And he said, I didn't like the odds, but I like my chances yep. in, in that scenario when you're down 27-0. So he made a great play. Roy Robertson-Harris, an unbelievable play. And the Jacks, they forced no turnovers in that game. They got nothing off nothing. the Chargers. But again, when you had to have a big play, when you had to have a stop, when you had to have a play of action where you, you get a hand on Justin Herbert and make him throw the ball out of him, the defense has risen to the occasion. Again, it doesn't have to be a turnover. Last week it had to be a turnover yeah. when the Titans were, were just kind of manhandling Jacksonville, especially in the run game. Right. You needed something. You needed your defense to get points. Last week against the Chargers, the last Saturday night against the Chargers, you needed a big play. And that came in the form of quite a few guys delivering, again, the short fields that they had to work with. You can't blame them for that when your drives are you know, 16 and 5 yards. I mean, unbelievably uh, short fields to work with. Mm-hmm. So credit to Mike Caldwell's defense. Again, we've kind of ridden the, the waves with Mike Caldwell this year. Right. Started out great, 
eh, lull in the middle, talking about him as a potential head coaching candidate. They're going to lose him, and then he kind of hit the skids during that <laughs> uh, that bad month of October. And then it's just been, again, the team learning how to play. Mm-hmm. Bend but don't break. I know that's a cliche, but, man, it has been exactly the story of that, especially in that Chargers game. And, and they probably should have had a turnover. Darius Williams dropped, like, three picks. I mean, <laughs> he, he just dropped them. But either in or there, the defense got the job done. Caps off to them. Jaguars offense played a phenomenal night. I mean, the play that I keep just revisiting in my head is that fourth and one play. I'm like, oh, man. They've got a chance to do it here, but they got to pick up this one yard. They line up in a freaking T yep, formation. Yes. Like, well, you don't see that in the NFL very often. And the, Doug Peterson just pulls it out of the hat. Here we go. And I know Travis bounces that outside. That's designed to go inside. Travis sees the corner take that inside step, and he says, I'm just going to beat this dude to the edge. He turns on the Jets. Next thing you know, he's at the 15-yard line. It's like, that's ball game, folks. Here we go. And that was a pivotal, I mean, again, it goes without saying it's a pivotal sequence on fourth and one yeah. within, in crunch time of a game. But you look at the play before that, third and one, and you, you call a pass. So I don't know if I like that play call. So you're getting to fourth and one. Doug calls a timeout. And he said Trevor was very unhappy with that timeout call because Trevor liked the call. He liked the the look, and Doug Peterson overruled him. He's got the final say, called timeout, and the Chargers loaded that box up. Doug saw, I think, the the play was there, that outside run for Travis, and – you expect them to go up the middle. The Chargers were expecting them to well, go up the was, middle. Well, it was an off-tackle run. It wasn't as outside as he took it. It was designed for them to chop it and him to get in, get in there right on the edge. But he took it outside because he saw the corner kind of jump inside to get into the trash because everyone was expecting it to go right up the gut. Right. Um, so he just took it around the corner. It wasn't as designed to go as wide as it went. And it looked like a like yeah. a sweep kind of play. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, no. It, once he hopped in, Travis just turned on the Jets and was like, I mean, because uh, think about it. Travis knows he's fast, and if Samuel, Samuel didn't take a step down, he took a step in, at that point, he's betting on himself. He's like, I can beat him to the corner. I may at least get one mm-hmm. if I take it out here because there was nobody there. Right. So that's why. And, and then he turned the corner. And he's up the field. So, no, a great read by Travis to kind of bounce that one outside because it wasn't designed to go quite as wide as it went. But It, it went wide. He, he said, yeah, he's, he said he knew he needed to make a play, and he went out there and made a play. It looked like a toss-sweep play on Madden <laughs> where you just take the corner and angle 15 yards towards the sideline to take to make that turn. But, man, and he runs 20, 25 yards down the field. Mm-hmm. You stay in bounds again on that play. It becomes a clock game at that point. And then Riley Patterson, a 36-yard field goal. It wasn't as clear to me. That, I mean, it was a little a little sketchy there. But, again, Jacksonville, had he missed that, would have gotten another kick because the Chargers were called offsides on that right. on that, that defining right. play. So that place was – you can't properly convey into words what – TIA Bankfield mm-hmm. felt like on Saturday night. It, it was just a, there was a vibe, and you were at the slab pretty much all oh, day man. before the game started. Yep. Um, and it was just an unbelievable environment. And again, I, I've covered all five home playoff games of the Jaguars in their franchise history. And you know, going to the Dolphins game or the Titans game in '99, that was a pretty pretty darn good feeling out there. But Saturday, with how this season has gone, the momentum, the fans are energized. They've been starved for football success, and the Duval shouts were everywhere. A great environment. The slab was rocking. I mean, Tailgaters Row was rocking, and it was just a great atmosphere to be in. I really wish the Dolphins would have held on and, and beat the Bills, and I really like, wish the Ravens could have helped us out a little bit. Just, just had another home again. game. Yeah, that would have been great. Oh, that would have been phenomenal. Another home game in Jacksonville on another Saturday, maybe even another Saturday night. 
But ah, it wasn't meant to be. Jaguars are heading to Kansas City this week, and if they win, they'll be on the road again. Uh, so this week, Kansas City, the Jaguars and the Chiefs have played before. They played earlier this season. Mm-hmm. The Chiefs won that game by 10 points. But the Jaguars did some good things. They had three turnovers in that game, recovered an onside kick to start the right. day, but the Chiefs just kind of overpowered them mm-hmm. uh, ultimately in that game. And it wasn't but, a bad loss. I mean, it was a, to, at that point, it was their biggest loss of the season. It was 10 points, 27-17. Right. So, you know, the Jags had been, you know, had a had a kind of a pattern down where they just didn't lose, they, they didn't lose blowouts. You lost games that were eight points or under the whole year. Yep. Um, and again, you didn't go up to KC and get absolutely the floor mopped with you. Nope. And I thought that would be the case. I thought KC was going to take him to the woodshed. That did not happen. They played well. They just couldn't put things together. So, uh, again, Patrick Mahomes, Trevor Lawrence, the storyline is going to repeat for years to come, I mm-hmm. think. Um, Trevor's a young guy. Patrick's the old guy, um, which just sounds funny to say. Old he's not, guy. He ain't even that old yet. Not yeah. even that old Yeah, I think he's 27, right? So, mm-hmm. uh, it's not, again, this, this is something we could see. For years to come, and uh, you're going up there, I know, Jamal, so it'll be mm-hmm. chilly. It'll be um, atmosphere in KC is like uh, very few places in the NFL. I, I hear that place is uh, just rocking. When you talk to former players who played up there, say KC is just a different animal to play at. So that'll be an interesting thing. What changes in this playoff game? How much, you know, again, the KC game was week 10, right before the bye. We know what Doug said after that KC game. Mm-hmm. Um, your future's in front of you. We'll hear Trevor talk about it. We've got a, uh, we've got a seven-game season in front of us um, at this point. And, again, what they did was phenomenal. You rip off a six-game winning streak now, mm-hmm. and you really turn the page of not being able to close to absolutely not to being closers. To being absolutely closers, closers, yeah. For sure. And um, Trevor Lawrence is just in his second year as a quarterback, mm-hmm. which is just remarkable to, to see Jacksonville's future so bright for one time in franchise history, it feels like. Right. Um, that there's, you know, when the Titans game, the 99 time, I mean, the, that team was aging very quickly. You know, Mark Brunel was, was getting older. Tony Baselli was getting older. Um, so that team, you know, you were built to win in 99 you were built to win that year and that was you know 96 97 98 99 that was a stretch of of playoff runs but again those guys are getting long in teeth and you're you're signing older free agents to kind of hopefully get over that veteran hump and and get you over that that into that super bowl Mm -hmm. and you felt like after that 99 game that the window for Jacksonville had closed. I remember I worked at the paper at the time, and that was one of the storylines, is this window closing for Jacksonville because you got guys that were that were getting older and, and breaking down right in front of us. I mean, Cornell Lake and uh, Gary Walker and guys like that, they weren't long-term guys. Right. This feels different in Jacksonville. This march, this ascension feels like it could be the start of something. I mean, you've not seen the best of this team yet, and that's, some, that's saying something considering we just saw 27-0 comeback on Saturday night, but I don't think we've seen the best of Trevor Lawrence. I don't think we've seen the best of Doug Peterson as a coach in Jacksonville. So this feels different than it did in in 99 to me because this team feels like it's still on the way up and you've not even come close to hitting your ceiling. Got Calvin Ridley coming in next year. This team feels like it is really on that incline, whereas that 99 team, the last time you really had this Euphoria, this excitement. I know 2017, but 99 to me is more 96 and 99 more comparable to this year than, than 2017. Um, but again, I think this team is on the way up. We're going to get some some primetime games next year. Oh, so, they definitely will. We're going to get mean, some primetime games. I was talking, you know, we've kind of gotten used to those one o'clock kicks. You're not getting those every Sunday anymore. Right. This team is going to be in primetime, 
And they're definitely on the ascension. I mean, look across the roster. The oldest guy on the roster is Marvin Jones, mm-hmm. and he probably won't be on the team next year. Um, you're, you're, the core of your roster are guys that are in their second and third right. years. I mean, even the free agents they brought in are all young veteran kind of players, you know, 24, 25-year-old guys who are still in those prime years for, for the extent of their contract right. that they're contracted here. They haven't been bringing in those guys that are long in the tooth. They don't have very many of them on this roster. I mean, think about it. Your top cornerback, Tyson Campbell, second year in the league. Mm-hmm. Um, your, your top pass rusher, if you say, is Josh Allen. I mean, he's only in his fourth year. Next year is his fifth year in the league. Uh, Trevor Lawrence, of course, second year. Travis Etienne, second year. Uh, Christian Kirk, he just got his second mm-hmm. contract, so fifth year in the league. I mean, so you, you, you kind of start going into those things, and, I mean, you, you start looking at it. Evan Ingram just on his second contract. Foye Lewican, second contract. They haven't gone into those guys right. that are on third, fourth contracts that, that have been around the league for, for a long time. So it, it's a very young team, a young core that is built to stay together and be able to compete and kind of even grow together over the next two to three yep. to four years. Um, so, so this should be the start of a of what is a good run for this team. Yes. Uh, it's a it's a very good start. Very they're, good start. They're, they're in the Elite Eight. I mean, there's only eight teams left in the NFL right now. Four teams in the AFC. They're two games away from being in the Super Bowl game. Two wins. That's remarkable. Two wins. All you have to do is go into Kansas City and get a win and beat whoever wins out of Cincinnati and Buffalo. And next thing you know, they're in Phoenix. And we're like, what happened to this right. team? So it, it's very doable. It's tough, but... Being in the playoffs is tough. Right. You know, there's no gimmies. Here's the thing that, that I kind of look at as the key this week is the offense has not felt the need to have that killer instinct and go out and hang 30 on folks. Just haven't. And they started slow last week against the Chargers and jump-started it just in time mm-hmm. to get rolling. Now that they're, they've jump-started, because they've kind of hit the wall for a few weeks there, do they start the game hot against the Chiefs? If they pick up where they left off from last week, they pick, pick up right there and keep rolling, it's a shootout. The Jaguars have every shot to win it. I already said I'd take their defense over the Chiefs' defense. It's just whoever now, scores yeah, last. And, and throwing back to last week when we were talking about moving on, I mean, you said you would rather Jacksonville see the Chiefs. They've got a better chance of beating so the, the Chiefs than they would have a shot of, of beating the Bills. So. I'm, I'm, I, I don't think that the Chiefs are a juggernaut. They, they 100% are. Pat Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, uh, the things they can do that Andy Reid can scheme. I mean, Isaiah Pacheco's found his own. The things that offense can do is just incredible. Mm-hmm. But Tyreek Hill ain't there no more, so they're not as dangerous as they've been at times in the past. Pat Mahomes can still do things that no other quarterback in this league can do. Mm-hmm. Just is what it is. But putting them in a position to constantly have to have fourth-quarter heroics is difficult to always convert. I mean, everybody remembers the last-second shots that Michael Jordan and Kobe Bryant made to win games or in overtimes. Nobody remembers the ones they miss Mm -hmm. because you can't make every shot. Pat Mahomes can be in a a position where there's 30 seconds left and you're like, oh, he's heroic. We've seen him do this time and time again. At some point... It just doesn't happen. And the reason he's been put in those positions is because his defense really is not good. They've got Chris Jones, and that's it. Yeah. End of list. Right. Chris Jones. And he's pretty darn good. He's very good. He's he is very, good. very talented, and the Jaguars have to have a plan of how to block him. 
He was a problem the last matchup. Mm-hmm. They have to have a plan this week on how to slow that guy down. But if you can contain him, who else on that defense are you scared of? Yeah, that's There's true. not another name very, on that defense true. that you're worried about. The Jaguars should be able to put up 30. Is that enough? Probably not. But you should be able to get to 30 against this defense without thinking very difficult about it. you got to contain Chris Jones, and then you got to get rolling early. They didn't get rolling early against them the first right. round. They were kicking field goals instead of scoring touchdowns. Doug Peterson was going for it on fourth down instead of taking the points at times. They have to get in the end zone. It should be doable. It's the playoffs. I'm not a fan of Steve Spagnuolo's defense. He pl- runs the same scheme that he's always run, and we've seen it victimized time and time again. So... I think the Jaguars can beat the Chiefs. I, I fundamentally think they can take advantage of that defense, but the key is can Trevor Lawrence and the offense pick now, up where they left off? Now, big credit last week to I know we, the, the heroics of Trevor and the Travis run and everything, Riley Patterson. How about that offensive line? Walker Little played out of his mind last week. I mean, nothing from Joey Bosa. Nothing. I know he had the, the tip pass led to an interception, but you're talking pressure on Trevor in crunch time. Uh, I mean, nothing. I mean, yeah. Khalil Mack, Joey Bosa, two of the best in the league at their position, and Walker Little, the place he was matched up with them, awesome. And again, the, the little foreshadowing, I mean, Jawan Taylor's in a contract year. Mm-hmm. Cam Robinson, not on the field this year, on injured reserve, torn meniscus. Saw him in the locker room after the game on, on a crutch hobbling around, and he was just pumped up. As can be after that win. But Walker Little, a great game. Mm-hmm. His best game to me as a Jaguar. And another good move in that, that draft last year by Trent Baalke. Right. So, again. Another, uh, another feather in the cap. Another another feather in the cap. So, I think, again, a great, um, again, a, just a, a great franchise-building move. Getting Walker Little those snaps now. He's going to have, if he's going to see uh, Chris Jones this week in any scenario, that's going to be another one. That's a massive defensive tackle right there. Right. Uh, Chris Jones, that's a, another one. Again, nothing against Joey Bosa and Khalil Mack. Those guys are speed edge rushers. Sure. Chris Jones is a monster on that defensive tackle position. So sure. Brandon Sheriff's going to have uh, his hands full. Uh, Luke Fortner, rookie, um, going to have his hands full this week. So stop Chris Jones or at least neutralize him a little bit. You're probably not going to stop him. He's going to be a disruptor. Um, but just do not let him take over the game. Same thing to me with Travis Kelsey. You cannot, I mean, Jaguars' inability to cover tight ends has been well documented. Mm-hmm. Um, Travis Kelsey, do not let him beat you. Travis Kelsey, Chris Jones, take those two guys out of it as much as you possibly can. It's not a pot, not, not possible to completely eradicate their contributions, but neutralize them, uh, lessen their damage, and, again, take your chances against KC. You, gotta, you, you can't kick field goals in that game and no. beat the Chiefs at Arrowhead. No. Uh, you know Patrick Mahomes, he's not going to put up 27 this game. He's going he's gonna to try to put 40 on this defense. He's so. going to try. He's going to try. Um, and, but like I said, I, I think Travis Kelsey's best tight end in football. It's not close. The Jaguars don't have somebody who can cover him, flat out. But, and, and there's always a but, but outside of that in the Chiefs passing game, who scares you? Yeah, Travis Kelly. I mean, Michael last Harmon, time. I mean, is he even back? I don't. I don't think he's back. Yeah. Whatever. But they they don't have a wide receiver that's you know that's Tyreek Hill anymore. They just don't have that. Um, Travis Kelsey very good, and Travis Kelsey is going to get his. Now, I remember I, the AFC Championship game in, in the 2017 season. The Gronk factor was such a threat, and he got knocked out with a concussion in in the first half of that game. So, and not wishing injuries on Travis Kelsey, but maybe a twisted ankle wouldn't be so bad for him. We'll see see what happens with that. But I think the Jaguars' defense is going to be able to give the Chiefs some problems. The biggest thing that is the key for them 
is getting home on Pat Mahomes. Uh, the last two weeks we've seen the pass rush ramp mm-hmm. up um, when they needed to. They've been able to get pressure on Justin Herbert, and Justin Herbert, when he's on the move and under pressure, he's not the same as when he has time, mm-hmm. just like every quarterback. If Pat Mahomes is sitting back there in the pocket, he will pick anybody apart. Right. But if you get him on the move, he still will pick you apart. But that's the key. You have to have pressure from both sides, give him no outlet, and bring him down. If they can do that, there's a chance. Yeah. There's a chance. Um, You're nine-point dogs right now. They're nine-point dogs, uh, but I'm just not – I'm not buying into it right now. Like I said, I, I, if, if I was picking an offense, a defense, an, an offense and a defense in this team, I'd give – or in this game, I'd pick the Jaguars' defense, but I'd pick the Chiefs' offense. Yeah. So that's, the, makes, that's I, the kind of double-edged sword. Like, like I'm saying that the Chiefs' offense doesn't have a ton of weapons, but they have two of the best at their spot in, like, a matchup – with a tight end like Travis Kelsey is worth, you know, every its weight in gold. Mm-hmm. And, a, and a quarterback like Pat Mahomes, you know, he'll rip off a 50-yard run on you right. in a blink of an eye and, and then drop a 60-yard bomb. You know, it, so the things they can do are going to give the Jaguars' defense some problems, but I do think that the Chiefs' defense is susceptible to being scored on. And if you can keep this game close, it's... Either the defense has to get a stop or maybe the ball's in Trevor's hands and they go down and score. But th- this isn't a juggernaut Chiefs team that's unbeatable. They're you, not indestructible. Now, do you think Andre Sisko's going to have to have private security for this game after how he left last year or last time in Arrowhead? And uh, he had a couple big hits in that game. And uh, the Chiefs were not enamored with Andre Sisko in the game. Hey, hey, legal he, hits, I think he was fine for one of them. Um, but nonetheless, they brought that physicality. Last game. PFF graded him out with his best score of the season. They said he was phenomenal. He also had an interception in that game. Uh, I thought Andre Sisco probably that, that's one of the better games of his career. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, they were some hard hits. And, yeah, you know, we don't, you don't like to see Juju or uh, Valdez Scantling down hurt the way they were after the hits. But it wasn't flagged for no, exactly. one of them. They were legal right. hits. They were just very physical and, and hard hits. And, you know, that that's... It's part of the game. Again, hate that the guys were hurt, mm-hmm. but I, I, I also didn't like that people were going after Andre Sisco as like this dirty player because that's not. No, that, and, and you could see on re- the replays that he was not. I know the the Chiefs fans were just boisterous about it and, sure, and calling I mean, for you know flags and stuff. He wasn't flagged on either of those two hits, and you could see clearly on replays that he was leading with a shoulder yep. and not a helmet, not lunging you know right. head to head in the, in the play. So again. Game of contact, and it's the same situation as we saw with the DeMar Hamlin issue. People were, uh, you know, saying T. Higgins should be just ridiculous. Hard hit, physical game, injuries happen, fluke things happen like the DeMar Hamlin thing. Sure. And the Cisco hits were clean, legal, and Chiefs fans got to get over it. Yeah, they'll, they'll be fine. Uh, so it should be a good game. And it should be another one with a lot of points. Uh, Jaguars definitely don't want to fall behind 27 in this one because that won't end well. But if they can start and they can play four quarters, not two, not three and a half, four, there, there is a chance. There is a chance. Yeah, I agree. And we saw it last time when it was, again, 27-17 up in KC, your double-digit underdog going up there in that game, the mystique of Arrowhead, Patrick Mahomes, all the you know, Andy Reid, Eric Bieniemy, all the things that are going against you. 
We should say Doug Peterson is 0-2 against uh, his pupil, Andy, or his uh, mentor, Andy Reid. He is, and the, uh, and the Jaguars haven't beat the Chiefs since 2009, I believe. So, so. so yeah, there again, you've got a lot of things going against you against uh, Jags. Yeah. Underdog, you're playing NFL royalty, and NFL MVP, and Patrick Mahomes, he could win it again this year. Uh, but again, there's something about this team, momentum, and they're not just a feel-good story. I mean, this team is a good team, well-coached. Mm-hmm. Trevor Lawrence mentioned time and again, he looks like a generational quarterback at this point uh, in his career, and he's you know just in year two. Mm-hmm. So again, Jags are not a fluke. You can ask the Chargers. You saw what happened last week. They just fired their offensive coordinator today. Um, so again, Jacksonville is legit at this point in the year. They found out how to play, found out how to close, and that was... That was our complaint in the, the early portion of the season. Was, that was the complaint yep. after the London game. They don't know how to close. They don't have a killer instinct. You can't stomp on the team's neck when they're down. Right. And you have a chance to choke them out and, and hang them out. And they have found that. They mm-hmm. have found that ability to, to claw back, to come down. And, uh, you know, I asked Marvin Jones the other night in the locker room. The first thing he said was, typical, typical us. Typical us. And that's what the Jaguars have become yeah. is you can't kill them. You cannot look at this team and say when they're down big they're going to fold like a like an urban meyer coach team last year so this team has found out how to win wherever the switch clicked for them it is clicked and it has mm-hmm. stayed on and you know to to go to be riding a six game winning streak right now we're in a tough environment absolutely playoffs any environment is tough yep but again i, I would not pick against the jags like i did last week oh so so is that, that some foreshadowing you know, maybe, for the pick? maybe you know beginning of last week i said jags I changed it when the pick rolled around, but, you know, for, for about 25 minutes, I felt good with that for, pick. For about 25 minutes, you I, felt great, I felt and I was sitting there like, oh, man, what have I done? <laughs> I've been saying they were going to win this game, uh, but, you know, we, we know how that one is. Prophetic. Yeah. Prophetic. <laughs> we'll, we'll wait and see. All right, we'll talk about our picks a little bit in another episode of the podcast later on in the week. Uh, that'll do it for, for our coverage for right now. You can find more over on newsforjacks.com and on the News for Jacks Plus app, and we will see you next time. Thank <laughs> you.